Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be in Texas. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, they tell me everything's bigger in Texas. But you ain't been to Alaska yet. <laughs> I really am happy to be here and look forward to being here for a long time. And it finally worked out where we could get uh, free there and be here with you and your wonderful pastor. You're really, you're really gifted to have this man as your pastor. I mean that. Uh, Blake and Carla, tremendous people. They have a great family. And I thank God that uh, we're part of their lives. Amen. And he put, he put me in a, a tremendous uh, hotel. He put, and I thought this morning, I'm going to have a hard time getting all these towels. They're so big into my suitcase when I get ready. <laughs> you can show me how to fix those things, can't you, Paul? Praise God. Well, you're in a good place. I want you to know today that maybe you're a visitor here, but it's not an accident. It really isn't. You're in a real good place where people can pray and agree and see you through the uh, trials of life because there are many. But thank God he's given us victory already. It's a, it's a fixed fight. We've already won. We just need to know it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I uh, was just in the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo and uh, had tremendous meetings there with uh, Pastor Ben Musa. He, his church is unbelievable. There are probably a thousand inside, another thousand to twelve hundred on the outside, watching by video. And a girl there was totally healed of HIV, completely healed, confirmed that she was healed. And her mother uh, had HIV. We prayed for her. I'm not sure what uh, the outcome of that. Haven't heard the report. But God is still doing wonderful things. He's doing miracles even today. And I tell you, you're in a revival. You're in a revival. A revival is just people getting saved and going on for God. You're in a revival. And if you're here today and you're not sure where you're going and where you'll spend eternity, you ought to think about that. We just had a girl in our church, only 30 years old, and you probably heard about Rick and Debbie Watkins' uh, daughter. And she just told, 30 years old, told her mom, I'm real tired. Went in and laid down. And when her mother, Debbie, went in to see her, check on her, she was gone. Just like that. It shocked us. And it just so happened that uh, she called. Actually, her mother called right when I was leaving for Congo. And... I picked up the phone and she said, Pastor, would you talk to Rebecca? And I did. I talked to Rebecca. She was broken. Rebecca said, I need prayer. I want to get my life right. I want to get right with God. And please help me. And I said, okay, let's pray. It was in that moment I felt there was a breakthrough in Rebecca. I'd never felt that before. Prayed for her many times. And it was like God just did something that was so supernatural. When I, when I got to the uh, uh, Dustin our son took me to the airport. I told him all about it. I said, this girl's going to make it. She really has a breakthrough in her life. Bound by prescription drugs and, oh, my, the heartache that she's been through and her parents with her. And when I got to Congo, I called my wife, Marie, and um, she said, I've got some bad news. Of course, that always is, you know, uh, your heart jumps on that. And uh, I said, she said, Rebecca, 
has died. And I said, well, isn't that something? I had just prayed with her. And it was like God just moved in that moment and spoke to her heart right before I got on that plane. It was tremendous that she got saved. It's a heartache that she's lost but in this world. But as far as the world to come, she was ready to meet God. The biggest decision you'll ever make is to get right with God so you'll have an eternity. And so we'll be ready to meet God. And I, if you're here today, you ought to think about that. Today, there's not an accident. God brings us together. And every one of these services will dovetail. And every one of these services, God will speak to people. And He has a crafted message and word for you. It's for you. And you may not realize that this is happening, but it is happening. There's a working of the Holy Spirit always in people that God is watching. Someone's prayed for you. Someone cares about you. Someone invited you. The Holy Spirit's moving in behalf of your life. And so I believe this week's going to be a tremendous week of blessing and miracles. Miracles. Hallelujah. Just the other day when your uh, team came with the play Judgment, uh, which was fantastic. We got a lot of fruit. A lot of people came and are still coming to church and being baptized. And it's, it's fantastic. Uh, in that service, there was a lady from Pueblo, another church, been deaf in one of her ears since she was eight years old. She was 50-something. And when you're talking about a lady, you always say something, you know. Right? You, want, they don't, you don't ask them what the rate. You'll you learn the hard way asking a lady what her age is. Uh-huh. And so she was 50-something. But she'd been deaf, totally deaf, in that, year, in that ear since she was eight. Someone hit her in the side of the head. And evidently, God created an eardrum in there. It was a creative miracle. And she could hear perfect. Amazing. It was, it was no one prayed for her. No one even laid hands on her. She just, that ear popped open. Doctors say that's impossible. But God says with men, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who is here today and you're a visitor but you're sick and you have a condition. The doctors perhaps said there's no hope or he's got you on something. And you'd like to, uh, you, you would like prayer. And you're here for the first time. Just are you here and you're, you're there? Just raise your hand. Amen. Would you come up here, dear? Anyone else? Back here? Would, amen. Would you come up? Praise God. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for coming today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. What is it? What do you have? I have um, pulmonary hypertension. Mm -hmm. Pulmonary hypertension. You believe Jesus will heal you now? I do too. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands this way, would you? Pulmonary heart, is that right? Pulmonary hypertension. Pulmonary hypertension. Dear Jesus, lay your hand of mercy upon this dear child and cause her to know that you love her and that, God, you see a miracle in her. We thank you that you're the healer and even now you're giving her complete and total restoration. We give you the glory, and we thank you now for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. How would you know you're healed? I don't, I don't know. 
You just have I to be have to checked. Test. Be test tested. All right, test. will you let us know? Yes, yes. Let the pastor. Yes, I will. Okay. I have a doctor's appointment Thursday. Thursday? You have a doctor's appointment. Yes. Yes. Well, we're going to get a good report. Yes. yes. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Hello, dear. How are you? Good. It's good to have you. Thank you. What do you need? Uh, doctor's diagnosed me with Meniere's disease. Meniere? Meniere's disease. Meniere's disease. Mm -hmm. Can you not hear out of that ear? I lost some of my hearing on my left ear. In this ear? So you'd know if you were healed? You would know? Yes. First time here, huh? Uh, my third time. Third time? Well, we'll count it to first. <laughs> Amen. Lift your hands this way. Let's just believe the Lord together. Dear Lord Jesus, dear God, we know today that you're the God of miracles and healing and complete deliverance. We thank you that you're opening this ear even now and giving complete restoration in the name of Jesus. We thank you for healing here. Amen. Close that ear up. Can you hear that? Can you tell a difference? Yes. You can tell a difference? Yeah, far away. Okay, do what I do. You're gonna, I'll tell you what you're going to have to do. Close this ear. All right. You, can you snap your fingers? You, you need to learn how to snap your fingers. <laughs> Say this. Jesus. 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 Can you hear that? Say it after me. Jesus. Say it a little louder. Jesus. Jesus. A little louder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh -huh. Can you tell something's happening here? What's going on here? What's going on here? Can you? You're just shaking. That's the Holy Spirit. You're going to be all right. Get a report. You're going to be all right. What do you call that? Meniere's. Yeah, it's got to do with vertigos and balance. Balance and, and you get dizzy and all that. Yeah, you, would you know that you're healed? Yes, I trust you. You know that you're healed though? Just yes. Absolutely. Yes. I do too. Praise God. Give the Lord a big hand clap, would you? God bless you. Good to have you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? Good. What do you need? Your voices. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you've given this young man complete freedom from this curse and this witchcraft, whereby someone has spoken evil words against him. Is that right? Yeah, spoken evil words against him. Said he'll be this and he'll be that, but he'll never be any good. But today is his day, Lord, to know that you start a new chapter in him and a new work of your love and grace. And he will never again, never, ever have these voices come again. Go and enter no more for your glory, God. It's going to be all right. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. You know, I was, as I said, just in Congo, and um, I was on the plane coming from London, because I had a layover in London, and as I was coming, I was sick. Oh, I was sick. And so the... I told the stewardess, I said, I really don't feel good, I'm sick. I've been in Congo, and her eyes got that big. And she said, Ebola? I said, I don't believe it's Ebola. She said, shh, don't say it. Because people freak out. And they said, 
she said, well, they took my temperature. They got the whole row by myself where I could lay down, brought me pillows, blankets. Yeah, and I'm telling you what. I said, I really, I don't believe I have Ebola. And uh, I've been in Congo, but they found some there, but I, didn't, I wasn't around that. And uh, they said, we're going to have to turn this plane around and go all the way back to London and quarantine the whole plane. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I said, please don't do that. that. We don't need to do that. I said, I know I don't have it. But uh, they, they, they had three of them waiting on me, bringing me juice and all kinds of things, you know, and are you all right? And finally, when I got to Denver, they had a wheelchair waiting for me. And I was feeling pretty good by then, but I figured I might as well work this all the way. <laughs> This, my wife Marie, she said, there wasn't wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with him. Told everybody in the church, they were all praying for me. She said, there's nothing wrong with him. He's just playing one of his games. <laughs> well, anyway, I got in that wheelchair, went right through immigration, Pastor. I mean, bam, right on through it. I said, man alive, this is great. I don't have Ebola. I don't have anything wrong with me. I'm going to get through immigration and uh, thank God. I don't have Ebola, so don't be afraid to shake my hand. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let me uh, minister for a few minutes out of Mark chapter 16. And uh, I'll tell you like the woman told her eighth husband, I won't keep you very long, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I want to, I want to uh, show you something. Today I'd like to... Ask and as a uh, title of this message, are you ready for a miracle? And but at the same time, you're wondering, um, am I worth? Do I have the worth? Am I good enough? Do I have enough faith? And many people struggle with their past, something that happened. Maybe it's a secret. Maybe everybody knows, but it doesn't really matter. God knows all about us. And loves us anyway. And so I was thinking to, this morning about where in a few years back I heard about a penny that was a, it was a Lincoln penny, penny and is 1943 and it sold for 1.7 million. A penny. So whoever found that penny and, and had it checked out became wealthy at that moment you have more worth than you realize and you you and I we underestimate what God can do and how he can move and use us one of the greatest battles that people have is living with their past and I mentioned in our church the other day that there's no such thing as a fourth tenth fortieth chance it is always a second chance because he forgives and he says, I will remember your iniquity no more. So he doesn't remember. He has in his sovereign capacity and who he is the ability to forgive and to forget it. And so it's always, a, but there is a second chance. That, is that clear? And so this is what I want you to know, that you may be, and you may feel like you're a failure or you brought something on your life because of this, that, and the other thing when God doesn't think that way at all. And so I don't have a doubt. I believe I've got the mind of God here. And in Mark chapter 16, 
you'd like to follow along, beginning in verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus, mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb where the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right hand, wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. And verse number 7 is our text. But go, tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. Now I want you to notice this morning that here is the message I believe for every one of us because every person in their life has experienced a mistake or a failure. Some are big, some are not so big. But the scripture says that all of us without Christ are failures. All have sinned. And I picked this verse because the scripture says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Now let's look at this disciple for a minute because he's an example of what happens to a failure. Peter wanted to serve the Lord with all his heart. He had a devotion for the Lord. And the scripture says uh, that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. And it's Peter who spoke out and said, I will never, ever forsake nor deny you. He just spoke right out. In his heart, he really believed that. But in a short while, the scripture tells us that Jesus is on trial. As he's on trial, everybody seemed to were against him. It was a kangaroo court. It was a trial that was set up by the devil, and yet God was in it. And Peter, in that moment, lost his courage. I've often wondered, no way to know, how some of these people that have been beheaded, what they were thinking. I, I know there's no way we could even think for them or think what they were, was going through their mind. But in that moment, I believe I would call on God. In fact, I know I would. And here, everybody, he's lost his courage, and he denies the Lord three times that he knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is something that's unusual, coming out of this disciple who is so bold and so powerful, has such a testimony, but the Scripture says that he denied the Lord, and the Scripture says when Jesus looked at him out of that courtroom, that he went out of there, and the Bible says he wept bitterly. The look in the Lord's eyes, as he just happened to glance, and they caught each other at that moment. His heart was so grieved that he wept and cried, the Scripture says, and that's the difference between Peter and a lot of people, especially between Peter and one called Judas. Judas went out and hung himself. Let me tell you something. Suicide is an evil force. And I just want to say this and throw it in this morning. It is also one of the weakest demon spirits in the world of darkness. It can be bound from a distance. 
But instead of running to the Lord, Judas ran from the Lord. Peter ran to the Lord, or he went out and he wept bitterly. Now, can you imagine for just a moment how he must have felt? He was a total, and in that moment, a complete failure. All that he believed in and held precious to him for those years when Jesus was walking and teaching, he said, I've blown it off. It's all over. There are many people that feel that same way. I've made too big a mistake. I've blown it. I've made too much. I've done too much. My life can't be fixed. Oh, that I could see so many people that have failed and failed and failed and feel like, what's the use? I really can't live for God. I wish they were here today. Here this man, uh, he separates himself. He went out and he wept bitterly. He cried. He was a failure. He knew it and Jesus knew it. And so it is that Jesus goes to the cross. It's at the cross where it all went down. On the cross is where he died, the just for the unjust. He died, he took our failure, he took our judgment, he took our sin. All, if you can only, I can't even wrap my brain around it. Of all the sins from Adam and Eve, all the way to the end, he took all of that upon himself. And the worst of all, he felt like, he said, God, why have you forsaken me? So it was more than just the physical. There was an emotion that was involved, a terrible thing. As he hung on that cross, and many of these uh, people crucified, which was an execution, uh, would only last, uh, they'd last a day, some two or three days, some five days as they hung on that cross. And people would walk by and look at them. And so the scripture says that he went, he died in our place. He died, he was suffering in my place in your place. He took on all of life uh, and he took our judgment. He was buried and the Bible says he was raised the third day from the dead. That's bigger than Allah. That's bigger than Hinduism. That's bigger than all the Confucianism and all the other isms in the world. That's the biggest thing that all of history can't compare to this Jesus who came out of the tomb and the third day was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. And they said, he's not here. He's not here. He's, he's risen. Thank God for that. It's a good thing to know God. I lost my mother two years ago on January the 6th of this year. And she loved God. She was a tremendous force in my life. Pressed me all the way through school, all the way through college. And, and in her last breath, even though she had Alzheimer's, she had told me, she said, Ronnie, Death is only going from one room to the next. That's all. And she said, it's that simple. When I went in to see her, I wondered, well, I, in fact, I thought she won't know me. And I went over and I leaned over and said, hi, Mom. And she recognized me. And she shaped the words, I love you. And her shoulders went up like that and she was gone. It was like she was waiting to just tell me that. And she was gone. Folks, I'm going to tell you, listen. Life has all its twists and turns. It has all of its tricks and all of its demonic scams. But I'm here to tell you today that God has a superior strategy. Hallelujah. And when Jesus went to that cross, he whipped the devil. Hallelujah. He defeated death. We will not die. We have eternal life. We have everlasting life. It's already in us even now. 
And so Peter was over there by himself. I'm sure he felt like an outcast from all the other disciples. And he didn't feel like he thought, I'm not, I'm not worth anything. I'm not a disciple at all. And then all of a sudden, uh, they run to tell the disciples, Jesus said, go and meet him in Galilee. So they started off, uh, and here's Peter over there moaning, groaning. He's sad. He's given up. What's the use? I can't live for God. How many has ever felt like that? Some of us have. We thought we were too mean. Amen. Some of you probably were pretty mean. I can tell right now that there's some mean folks if you weren't saved here today. Amen. I tell our church if my wife backslid, the crime rate would go up drastically. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's got good things for you, dear. Yeah, he has. He's got good things for you. Let me pray for you. Where are you from? We have men, uh, men in our church from Cameroon. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you today that you're the God of increase and blessing, financial breakthrough. Thank you for seeing her need even here and giving her a miracle. Yes, indeed, a breakthrough for your glory. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? I believe. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Amen. God bless you. Amen. And so they started off, and Peter, all of a sudden, the angel cries out, and he shouts out, and Peter, and he said, especially you. Now, this is important, because the Bible is full of great men, great women, great people who fail. I don't, it could be a minor thing that the devil hits you over the head with. You started to read the whole Bible through this year, and you're three months behind. Yeah, see? You know, you wish you could do this and not do that, but you just keep on. But listen, the failure, Peter rose by the power of God because he could receive the forgiveness of the Lord. That's important. If he forgave you, he forgave you. And it was Peter on the day of Pentecost that preached that great message. It was Peter Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to. It was Peter who would walk down the street and his very shadow would heal people. It was Peter that wrote the epistle, first and second Peter. And so the Bible says a good man or woman falls seven times and the Lord raises him up or picks him up. The Bible says with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are some people, you may have a child, you may have a, an acquaintance or a friend or a parent that's not saved or a husband or a wife, and you're, you're thinking, they are so bad and so deep in darkness that they could never be saved. Friends, I'm telling you today, they have a tremendous destiny that we can't see, that he's able to turn it around. He does it. That's his business. And so I want to encourage you today that if you failed, listen, God has mercy for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me just give you a couple of illustrations here, and then we'll pray. Abraham is one of the best because he's called the man of faith in the Old Testament. And God said, out of your seed, Abraham and Sarah's, I'm going to make you a great nation. And so it is, uh, did Abraham do all God wanted him to do? He did not. Somebody said, wow. Finally, after years that he and Sarah had no children. And 
they, they, in their minds thought it's impossible. Then she said one day, well, let's help God out, Abe. Why don't we do this? Beware, listen, of people who say God needs our help. Amen. It's unbelief. He can do it. And Sarah goes to Abraham and she says, I want you to sleep with Hagar. And he didn't even hesitate because of the, who he was. And so the scripture says that Abraham went in and Ishmael was reported, and look what we've got today. Look what we've got today. The name Ishmael of the, don't get upset with me if you don't know about this, or someone's, the news has got your mind. Listen, this, this Ishmael is the Arab people, and Ishmael, the word means wild donkey, or wild ass, and every man's hand would be against him, and his hand would be against every man. That prophecy is being fulfilled in our day, right now. And so they helped God out real good, and he was a failure. God wanted us to see that he can take a human being just like you and me and do something with them. And Abraham learned that was not the way to help God out. Amen. God said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect and I'm going to give you a child. And they did have a child. And his name was Isaac. And the scripture says that this man, what if he had just thrown in the town and said, well, I'm not going to church. Well, there's no use in serving God. I can't live for God. What if he'd given up? What if God had given up? And so even after all of that, they did have a child. He became the blessing of God to the whole world. And that means that even in their day, a man would fail that God had a tremendous destiny for. That he would do something that, that we could never do. God would do it. Amen. And Sarah and Abraham have a son named Isaac. Hallelujah. What a miracle. Now I want to show you another one. Moses one of the greatest examples of failure, he's adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. And when he became 40 years of age, he sees the, the Hebrews that are enslaved and by the Egyptians. And it came in his heart. It came, watch how this works. It came into his heart to deliver the children of Israel. God did that. Knowing all about this man. It came there in his mind and the story is that he sees this Hebrew and this Egyptian fighting and he comes in and he kills that Egyptian well it gets out someone saw him do that he knows he's in hot water and he fled 40 years to the backside of a desert he, he, he didn't just say I'll never do anything again he didn't do that he fled for his life and God came to him in that place of that desert experience and he said as he spoke and the Lord saw that he turned aside so he puts it in his heart he runs to the desert and there's a bush that's burning and it says that God noticed that he turned aside this is where God moves sovereignly. People that are away from God. People that won't live for God. People that look impossible for God to do anything in. The scripture says, and the Lord saw that he turned aside. That's Moses. Let me give you another one. Maybe you failed today, and I want to close with this. You're not knowing it on the brink of a miracle. 
I pray with people and work with real people. You're on the brink of a miracle. You say, well, I've done everything mostly right, but I, they still have this one thing. I'm telling you today, God says you're ready for a miracle, and he'll bring it down. And so, hallelujah. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. And when a man or a woman steps out of failure, when they step out of failure and that mentality, watch what happens. God steps in with his grace and his mercy. Oh, yes. He just steps in right then. Man, I've made this wrong decision. I've, you know, we've got people. I pastor people. They got his kids, her kids, their kids, and, and somebody else's. And here they are. And they're thinking, I could never believe God. I've got other people that they're on crack and they've had unclean experiences in their life. But yet, uh, I tell you something, they're on the brink. Those people, maybe you're here, on the brink of a miracle that God can put together in your life. And God never sees you as a failure. He sees you as a learner. Amen. Amen. And so God sees learners get up. They get up. The church is full of them. I don't care what the world says. The devil and the devil's wife. I don't care what they say. The, the person who knows that they're not worthy and they could never do anything for God, they get up, they get up, and they beat the tar and the daylights out of the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it is. Oh, who would have ever thought it? This man says... Someone, this man says, Moses killed a man. He failed God by trying to do the work of God in his own strength prematurely. Now, for 40 years, he's grieved over that failure. Who would have ever thought that God would bring him, after 40 years, out of that failure? The mercies of God are from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, yes, there is a wonderful thing about the plan of God. There is the unrelenting grace of God that he is determined to fulfill his will in your life if you just let him. You don't have to make it work. You don't have to make it happen. He's God, he's the Lord God Almighty. He's the one who can order your steps. He's the one that can put you in touch with the right people. He's the one that can move the wrong people out of your life and cause your life to shine and be a blessing and fulfill. There's no reason all of us here today could not know our destiny is being fulfilled like Abigail said to David. She said, you're wrapped in the bundle of life. In other words, God's got a good plan for you. So what happens when a marriage fails? You're standing on the brink of a miracle. The devil will throw that up in your mind. Uh, well, you've You've had a divorce. I'm telling you something, the devil's a liar. What happens if a business fails and you go bankrupt? You're standing on the brink of a miracle. What happens when doctors fail and nothing seems to work and change and you're thinking, the doctor said this, you're standing on the brink of a miracle. Hallelujah. I was preaching recently in Nicaragua, in Managua, Nicaragua, and uh, tremendous, tremendous work there. And um, a, a woman was crippled on a cane and she was instantly healed. I'm seeing more people healed than I've ever seen. It amazes me what God is doing today. What's going on? These are the last days. These are the last days. Jesus is coming back. And before he comes back, there's gonna be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this planet. 
and whosoever will shall be saved, healed, and delivered by the power of God. Hallelujah. When all fails and everything looks wrong, you're on the brink of a miracle. Amen. You may do like a lot of us did. We worked like dogs. We were in the rat race. And then at the end, we find out that we're the winning rat in the whole race. Amen. It doesn't pay. Take time to read your Bible. Take time to read the Bible. Because what's coming down and what's going to happen, this Bible came from God, these words came from God, and when you get to that intersection, you make good decisions and what you need to do to see it through. Amen. Well, what about Peter? You know, he began to sink when he walked on the water because the waves were so big. And I can tell you today, when everybody and everything around you seems to be a failure, you're on the brink of a miracle. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more real quick. And that's Jeremiah. The Bible says he went down to the potter's house. And God sent him to the potter's house to learn a lesson. And Jeremiah watched the potter take the clay and he began to make a vessel. As he's making that vessel, he would mold it back and forth, blend it, work it, and looked at it. And then he put it on the wheel to shape it. And he's watching this potter do this. And something happened while Jeremiah was watching. The Bible says the vessel was marred in his hands. Something's not right. There's a piece of foreign. There's something foreign there. There's something that's not doesn't look right there. And the scripture says, and that's where we find ourselves. We've been on, we've been shaped, we've been put on the wheel, we've been worked with, and God's working in our lives. And something happened. He saw that the vessel was marred. God was working, working, and then all of a sudden God's working and a person messes up. And then we don't obey. And we said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You know, when God tells us to do something, we should do it. I was preaching in South Africa in Johannesburg recently, and there's a man in that church that is terribly, terribly deformed. He can't, he's in a wheelchair, but he's bent over. He can't turn his head to the right. He was born that way. His mother is a godly woman. He came from a good family. And all his life, he's had this condition. And he told me, he said, I, I can't even, he can't even eat and he can't take care of himself and he told me he said I went to the airport to fly and he told them they always put him on first class he said I don't want to be on first class because he had prayed and here's what he prayed God use me to speak to a Jew I want to win a Jew to Christ and he said don't put me on first class put me on the back of the plane and they said, all right. He said, not only that, put me on the aisle because he couldn't turn his head to the right. So they put him on the aisle. And he's sitting there. And then here comes a beautiful girl. She comes on that plane and she's looking for her seat and it's right beside him. Then she opens up a, a, a something in Hebrew. And he ha, ha, can't turn his head except her direction. And he looks at that and he sees and he begins to talk. She is a Jew. He can't turn his head to the right. He can only turn to the left. She's right there. Now, I, I tell you, the ways of God are mind-blowing. I mean to tell you. I, it, and he witnessed, he told her about Jesus. 
She prayed and wanted to be saved. She prayed with him and got saved. All because he asked God for a miracle. Ask him for a miracle. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. Ask him for something big and he'll get big glory. Ask him for a nickel and he'll just get a nickel's worth. I mean, ask God for something. Ask him. Woo! And so the scripture says that this wonderful news, he made it again. That's what Jeremiah saw. The potter makes it again. Another vessel. This is why I pastor a church. This is why I preach. As I watch the potter, and I never stop seeing, God has a plan for every last one of us. He's a good God. And not to look at them like they're never going to make it. Not to look at that son, that daughter, like they're never. Listen, God is faithful. And you may be marred with failure. God is not through with you yet. His hands keep right on working. His plan, he's molding. He's putting it together. He's working. He's working on all of us. And another vessel, he says, of honor and glory and blessing. That's what God can do. That's why I don't give up on people. And it's easy to give up on people, but God loves people. Amen? He makes those things that are used against us, those things that the devil does against us, he turns them to the glory of God. Even the sword that old Goliath used, David took Goliath's own sword and cut his head. Those things that the devil would do against you, he has turned them to the glory of God. And that's why he said to the devil, as, as Jesus is tempted, he says, uh, thou shalt worship the Lord God. How will the devil? He will never worship, but those things he does are turned to glorify God. He's faithful. I'll tell you today, wherever you are, don't let the enemy lie and destroy your future. Amen. God has forgiven. Amen. And forgotten. And there is a second chance. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray.